What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. We back. We back. We are. Uh oh. No. Okay. Can you see my video? Hi. Yeah, I can see your video. Okay, y'all. Um, well, I was gonna say check out our videos on YouTube. I don't think we're posting them, but we do have our little clips on Instagram, so you can see how cute we look. We should ask Courtney to put those on shorts. Yes. She's making them anyway. Actually, I was excited yeah. because on Instagram now you can do three collaborators on a post. Ooh. So that might be useful for us. I finally posted my couch video. <laughs> I actually think they got their money's worth because of how much we've talked about this couch on this podcast without you even <laughs> posting on social media about it. Y'all, you know Danny's a couch influencer and oh she gets God. so much shit for free all the time. <sighs> Not to be confused with the time she got $1,000 from a stranger at the airport. Oh my God. I forgot we, about we that. Talked, we talked about that. but I forgot about that. She got a well, free couch. Yeah, back in like February. I think I was supposed to post this around Valentine's Day. It's July and I just posted about it. So, yeah. I and I don't, even have the one. <laughs> I don't even have the couch anymore. Oh, that's a whole other story. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, So I had an interesting topic idea today. This came out of just some observations I had. And we've talked about religion and like our views on religion in one of the episodes. Maybe Courtney can find it and link it or you can just search it. But I was starting to think about this because I I just went to a family event that had to do with um, a, like a church celebration that I don't participate in anymore. And and I was looking at this girl who I grew up with in school and she she is part of this religion that I don't necessarily believe what they believe in. And she was talking about this. Her daughter took this big step in the, in their church and she was really proud of her. And it was genuine. She, she was posting about how she cried no less than five times. She was so proud of her daughter and she was so happy. And it seemed very, very genuine. And I was sitting there thinking about this going, huh, she seems like she's genuinely happy by her beliefs and her belief system. This makes her feel somehow whole and, and valid and, and in my mind, I have some very different thoughts about this religion. And I was sitting there going, you know, is there really a problem with her feeling this way when it's not really hurting anybody? And so as I was thinking about this and, and kind of just talking through it, my first idea, my first thought was, no, there's nothing wrong with it. People can believe what they want to believe. But then I started to think a little bit deeper on this. And I'm like, wait a second. A lot of these 
religions um, or dogmas or cults, if you want to call them, you know, depending on where they are and what exact thing they, they have, we might think that it's not hurting anybody. But then if we look down deeper, it's like maybe it is. Maybe it is suppressing, like I'm just going to say pro, pro-life pro and pro-choice, right? There's a lot of probably most Christian religions, Christian-based religions are pretty um, pro-life. And so just by having that belief, even though we might not be, quote, hurting anybody, is it taking away someone else's right, their right to maybe choose? And so I was just, I started going down this rabbit hole of thinking, like, are we allowed to have a belief if it's not hurting anybody? But how do we know if it's not hurting somebody or even hurting ourselves? Like, for instance, suppressing women or suppressing women's rights, because there's a lot of a lot of religions, I think, that tend to do that. Like, let's, some of the I don't know, like Islamic religions, maybe mm-hmm. the head covering and things like that, that we don't do on the wet in the West. And maybe they think that's fr- freedom where they live and, and that's fine. But all this like circular thing to say, can we have beliefs that don't hurt people, but then do they really not hurt people? Because mm-hmm. maybe they are hurting people. <laughs> well, I mean, even quote unquote hurting people is subjective. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 100% like, you know, pro-choice, but someone who is a religion that has a pro-life stance thinks they're helping women, right? Right. Like that's like, they think it's actually helping women. They're like, Mm -hmm. we're helping you because we're keeping you from being a murderer. And, you know, we're helping you because this is a child that you're going to want. And, you know, it's like, and we're helping you, even we're helping you realize that your actions have consequences, right? Like it's, so, you know, it's hard to say because I'm with you that I do believe, and I'd be interested in your take on this. You said you had read a book uh, by Sam Harris, who I really love his stuff. He's um, impacted me in a lot of different ways, but he's very anti-religion for these kinds of reasons. And and if you're listening to this and you are someone who your faith is really important to you and that's a big part of your life and then it, and, it, and it works for you, then fine. Like, and I, and I want to reference the other episode we did because we did have a very nuanced conversation about this, even though both of you, uh, both you and I don't practice anymore, but both of us grew up in pretty um, conservative religions and both of us were very in the religion. So it wasn't as if we like had an out, outsider's view. We were very much like in the religion. I was a group Catholic. I was uh, confirmed. I was a Eucharistic minister. I was a CCD teacher, like a Sunday school teacher for kids. Like I was very like, I mean, I went to Catholic high school, like I read the Bible. Like, So, I mean, it's not like you, you can, I'm not making an assessment. You and I are both not making an assessment from like an outsider's point, point of view. And I think a lot of this comes down to, um, I kind of took an opposite uh, angle when you initially told me this idea. I take the angle of everyone deserves to have their full experience. So while right now it seems like this mother and this daughter are feeling good and things are great and everyone's and it's not hurting anybody and it's like this positive experience, that's great. That probably is the reality for both of them right in this moment. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? I would say it's not, and this is just sort of like the, the I don't know, the, the independent thinker in me, the, auto, the person in me that likes autonomy is like, is it our job to really prevent someone from being religious if mm. it's lining up that it's enhancing their life? in this moment, you know? And if things change in the future, that's a valuable lesson for that person, just like it was for me and you. And so, yes, I'm I'm curious for you to like flesh out a little bit more the idea of having 
a viewpoint that the church has the viewpoint. It's maybe not even the individual, but the individual has by proxy because they're part of the church. So they go, well, Mm -hmm. this is what the church's stance is on this issue. And so by default, I also take that stance. How does that potentially hurt people? But I think from like a personal uh, responsibility perspective or a personal journey, if you look at life as like a personal journey, I think there's so much value in letting someone have the full experience of whatever that's going to be. And so many people come out of, and you and I have met so many people in our adult life who came out of these religions. And while there was a, a time period where it was very confusing and very hurtful and very shameful and like all those kind of emotions, on the other side, everyone we've known is has either come out of it or is coming out of it, or at some point will be out of it in a way that feels good for them. And they'll find their own lessons. They'll find their own stance on certain things. And in my mind, that's the biggest differentiator is independent thinker versus someone who just says, you know, I just like this church and these rules and I'm going to follow their rules versus really asking yourself, like, what are my life rules? What are my, um, you know, what are the the principles that I want to stand for? And I think for a lot of us who came out of religion, we go, I don't really need a book to tell me how to be a good person. You know, I have my own values. I know not to murder someone because it's bad, not because the Bible tells me to do that. And so I think that's the difference for me is like, you know, getting to the point of being an independent thinker is really what comes out of religion for me. I really love your take on letting people have their full experience. And this is probably the problem I have with a lot of religion is that it's like missionary work and they don't want people to have their own experience, right? So it's like, I don't feel the need to go to this girl that I went to school with and be like, yo, have you looked at this religion? Do you know what's really going on? Like you should go. I don't, I don't feel the need to like take it away from her. However, a lot of people in these kind of churches do feel the need because I get totally knocks on my doors for missionaries at least twice a month and texts for missionaries asking to come talk to me because they want to share their shit with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, how about I share my shit with you? Let's flip it around. So I guess it is like, yes, have your full experience. But I'm also like, have your full experience by yourself and don't bring me into your full experience. And that's the tricky thing too. And you know, one of the things Jeff told me, we were kind of having this conversation on a walk. He said, how would you feel though if you believed, if you knew that you were like your family was going to go to hell after they die if they didn't know this one thing. You would feel like it was your duty to save them and make sure. And so I feel like this is really true where these um, people who have these really strong beliefs feel like it is their duty to save everyone around them. And some people are just like, stop trying to save me, bitch. I ain't trying to listen to your But On the other hand, it's like, I'm also not trying to take take this away from you either. Like, don't bring it to me and I'm not going to take it away from you. Let's just like have our own thing. And I think that's where I kind of was maybe being not necessarily triggered by it, but just thinking about my experience with the religion I was raised in and probably because the I just got the text from the missionaries and people trying to like infiltrate my life. And it is like, yes, let people have their own experience. And yeah, why does there need to be recruitment? Be. You know what I mean? Yes. There is, yeah. I have a problem with that too, by the way. Like yeah. I, have a, I have a big yeah. problem with the evangelizing. Like my whole thing is like, hey, I love social media because you can put your own beliefs on there. You know, you're mm-hmm. pro-choice, you're pro-life, you're religious, you're not religious. Like that's the best part of social media. So if you are someone who wants to get the word out about, you know, your religion, then use things like social media where people can decide to follow it or not follow it, to read it or not read it, to watch it or not 
not watch it, right? When you come to my house, now all of a sudden it's like invading my personal space. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think sometimes it is very much this they feel obligated because there yeah. is like what Jeff said, there is like this deep obligation because it's like this is real. But what I think people need to realize is that everyone not it's not real to everybody. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's not real to everybody. And it's there's a um I don't know, there's a uh, it's a nice filtering system, you know, like my whole thing is like, let people go to hell then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like we're going, like if you believe people are going to go to hell, let them go. Like let let people go. find their own path and that goes for anything, right? That goes not just for religion, that goes for relationships, that goes for, you know, kids even like in my mind, I just feel like there's an, that's the best thing about life is that we have sovereignty and that yeah. we have autonomy. And if you happen to, and, and you know, I will also say a lot of people get out of religion when they get older, but a lot of people get into religion when they get older. We've definitely sure. been seeing this in our space. I've been seeing a oh, lot yeah. more people our age and older now getting more religious and more like quote unquote family values, more conservative, um, you know, ha- feeling like there's a higher power. You know, we've, uh, and I, I can talk about this because he talks about it on the podcast, but on, for Mind Pump, uh, we've had Mind Pump on the podcast and uh, they're good friends of ours. And they've talked more about that recently where Sal, who's a show host, he was like, I was atheist forever. Like he's an intellectual. He's very much like surprised himself on being really cerebral and things like that. And he's definitely like taken on more religious stuff lately and is like, yeah, there is a higher power and, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know. I I think people can get into it later in life. I don't think it's just like, oh, you missed the window and like all of a sudden you're just doomed. It's like, you know, for people who some people will come back to religion later in life, you know, maybe it's the mortality thing or the existentialism. I don't know. But I don't know. I think the beautiful thing about it is people need to find their own path. And for a lot of people who go through stuff, like have rock bottom moments, right? Isn't, I mean, isn't the, the 12 step program was founded by someone who was religious, right? And so there is, I think, especially for people who have like massive addictions and are trying to get out of it, there is always a spiritual component to it. And so I don't know. I mean, I think, I think religion's doing just fine. And I think that for people who are out of it, I think let people be out of it who have already made their decision. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Mm, yeah, I like that. I just, I guess, yeah. What was, back yeah, to, what was stuff with the Sam Harris uh, book? I'd be interested in what he was saying. So I'm trying to remember which book it was because I read two of them back to back. And he was very, it was very interesting take, but he was pretty much, he did, a, he did talk a lot about Islam and the danger that Islam presents to the world and part of the way that the text is interpreted. And he pretty much says like, all religion is bad for society. And one of the reasons he says all religion is bad for society is because there are truths taught by religion that basically, if you don't believe it, it, like it just makes people go to war, right? So it has caused wars. It has caused tons of people to die. You know, Christians versus Islam was his main, main two that he talked about. And he just basically said there's really no room for it in a society 
because we kill each other over this. And so I mm. thought that was interesting because at first my thoughts were like, okay, let people believe what they believe. However, if yeah. let's say, and, I, and I'm going to like, I, I'm not going to say this exactly because I don't know. You definitely need to find the book and I'll look at my phone in a minute. But um, let's say if your religion fundamentally says anyone who does not believe in this God deserves to die and you believe that you feel okay with killing people mm. or treating people different who mm -hmm. don't believe in your God. Mm. And now you are a, I don't know, you, now you're a suicide bomber, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and you think you're doing this for the higher good. You think you're doing it for something mm -hmm. greater. And us on the West, on the, in the Western world who are more like Christian based can go, that's ridiculous. I can't believe it. But if you were born into that, indoctrinated into that, you can be like, yeah, uh, those people it's like an honor gonna I they're think. gonna go to they're gonna go to hell anyway so I'm gonna help them go to hell like we're gonna speed it up and they're like cockroaches and infestation on this human planet and we're gonna get rid of them and so there's it's really interesting because you just think it's a belief that's okay belief doesn't hurt anyone but when a belief turns into action or behavior towards other mm -hmm. humans that's when problems happen same thing with what's going on with um, like gay pride and and like there's a lot of churches who are really anti-homosexual and there was this i mean we've come a long way but i remember the like signs like the god hates fag signs and so many homosexuals committing suicide because they weren't accepted and loved in the religions they were brought up in and mm -hmm. we've come such a long way but it's like when those beliefs turn into actions of hatred towards other human beings that causes a problem yeah. so yeah like this girl i was looking at i was like are her beliefs hurting anyone i was thinking like not really but then I'm thinking about so much, so much suppression of women's rights and different things that I know from this church that I'm like, maybe they are, though. Like, maybe she's holding her daughter back by putting her here. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, so. especially in those more extreme religions where the suicide bombers, like, they're honored in those mm -hmm. religions. You know, it's like an honor to give your life, to sacrifice your life for your religion, thinking you're doing the right thing. It's so wild how two people can see the exact same situation a completely different way based on their beliefs. Yeah. So yeah, that is, that's pretty wild. And I agree with you about, you know, obviously they're the hate crimes and things like that, you know, and then also let's take it one step further. Let's look at uh, some of these cults. Like what was the Kool-Aid cults? Like, what was that? Like, we'll all drink this and like, you know, I mean, and convince other people that this is okay and that we need to do this. It's, it is wild. And I mean, you know, a cult is, I get it different than a religion, but they're related Oh, they're related. They're related. <laughs> they're related. They're, I feel like every cult starts with a religious base and then it goes just a little, a little further. slight direction to the right. And then suddenly you're in cult. Well, and, the, and that's the area. thing too, is especially if you, if your religion is also like your social circle and, you know, who you listen to and where you, you know, who you hang out with and stuff, because then you're just all validating each other. So there's really no one else to be like, and this would be in any situation, like, there's no one there to like question you. There's no one there. I mean, we can get, this is kind of the same thing in politics, right? If you're only reading super liberal, you know, pieces and you're also hanging out with people who have the same views as you, like we all sit there and validate each other. And it's really easy to sort of pile on and have a self-righteousness about you. Like, yes, this is the right way. And anyone, we've seen this in politics, even though it's not the same, it is the same. You know, it's like the team thing where like it's us versus them. It's the yeah. same thing in religion. I think religion is sort of, um, 
shrouded as being this more like morally superior sort of thing, but you know, which, but it's really the same as politics. It's like, this is our team and we yeah. need to make sure that our team is protected and that we're, everyone knows we're right about this thing. And we have to sometimes show that by force, you know what I mean? Or, or a crime or something like that. So yeah, it's not all that different, but I think at the end of the day, and this is what's hard is we're relational beings. We like feeling validated. You know, I want to be around yeah. people who have the same beliefs as me. I don't want to hang around people who don't have the same beliefs because then I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm fighting all the time or I have to and be in an argument all the time, you know? So we want to, we're relational. We want to be around people like us and that's normal. I don't think it's ever going to change, but at the end of the day, I think the ultimate goal, at least for me is to be able to be around people who all share similar beliefs, but then still have my own belief about something and decide given all the inputs, right? That I was in the church for a long time. I've not been in the church for a long time. I've met people of all different walks of life. Given everyone I've met and everything I've been exposed to, what is my honor code? What is my set of personal principles? What are the things that I believe are the most important? This is why we did an episode, I think it must've been a couple months ago on like values. And I know values is kind of like snoozeworthy. And we talk about it, it's like, oh, what are your values? But like, this is really what we're talking about. This is your, your, if it's like the, it's the Jill Coleman religion, it's the Danny J religion, right? If you want to look at it from that perspective, I do believe that at the end of the day, that's the ultimate. It's like someone knowing themselves so well us individuals knowing ourselves so well that we have identified how we want to live. And then we have a set of beliefs that drive our actions. So for example, one of my personal values is honesty, which means that if I'm in a situation where I could easily lie, I choose to tell the truth, even though I'm making things harder on myself in that moment. And then there's something about, and we talked about this in that episode where Mark Manson kind of talks about the congruency, where when I say out loud or to myself that honesty is my value, honesty is my religion, when I'm in a situation and it would be easy to be dishonest, but I see myself being honest, there's so much value in that as a person, right? Because then we go, wow, I do walk my walk. And you build confidence and you build self-trust by knowing you you are the person you say you are. And so I think at a higher level, this conversation really is around, can we as individuals identify our personal beliefs? Because I think when you do that, then religion just kind of falls by the wayside. It just sort of not even really attractive anymore because you're like, yeah. actually, I know myself and I know what I stand for and I know what I don't stand for. And so regardless of if it's a religion or not, it's people or not, it's a group or not, it's like, I know myself. And I think that's the ultimate. I just think so, for so many people, it's hard to get there. Mm. I, I think that's generally when people start to separate from religion is what it starts with. You start to see your own personal values and where there's a misalignment and that generally pulls people from the church. For example, um, homosexuals, let's say you have a friend or a brother um, or a sibling, a, a brother as a sibling, a friend, someone you know who's gay and you were grow, you grow up in a church where homosexuals are bad and you're like, but wait, my brother I love this is the person I care about. And suddenly you're like, love is important to me and family is important to me. And these are my values, family and love. And the church doesn't align. And now suddenly there's like an incongruency and you start to go with your own values, which are like love and family and whatever. And I think that's where people start to separate. It's tricky until you're faced with something like that. I think it's really hard. And I think it can be really easy to just Go along with the beliefs you were taught until something confronts you in a way like 
that example. And I think that's a pretty good example that happens more often than not lately. And that's where I've seen a lot of people split from religion. Um, But I think you're ultimately right. It's like deciding and maybe all your religion teaches values like honesty, love, integrity. And you're like, yes, this is why I'm religious, because these are also my personal values. And I can really respect that. So I think ultimately, um, it's coming down to if your personal values are aligning and you're you're um, living those values, then fucking fantastic. I think that like t- check yourself to see if you're taking away from anyone else's freedoms or um, I don't know, like hurting them. I think to your point too, hurting is I don't know subjective. What's I mean, someone? yeah, hurting is subjective, but asking someone. <laughs> can always you can always find out if that's hurting them or not Mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah it's interesting it is Um, it's a good conversation to have and if you guys haven't listened to that other episode that we did a little bit more on this um it was a nuanced conversation and you know i think it was a good one especially because i know we have some people who listen who are religious and it works for you and that's great um and so we would never try to convert you to our uh what's it called (laughs) secularism yeah secularism when it's just like hey man we're out here doing drugs and having uh, promiscuous sex and doing all the bad things. But if you like that, come on over to our side. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. But we'd love to hear. I love this One conversation. One way to get to hell over here. That's right. We're going. Who's coming? <laughs> uh, but this is a good conversation. And I appreciate. I always appreciate this being brought up because I feel like there's so many different sort of angles to this and so many different places to go. So, yeah, I like it. Love it. Well, leave us a review. If you get a chance, um, go to your Apple podcast. If you're listening on Apple, if you're listening somewhere else, find reviews there. I think there's like two on Spotify. I don't even know how to get there, but if you can leave reviews on Spotify, please do. That would be amazing. Um, Otherwise, go to Apple podcast, scroll down, click the five stars. It will let you leave a little title and like one or two sentences. If you could leave that for us, for other people to find our show, we would be so appreciative. And if you share on your stories on Instagram, tag us at the best life podcast. We'd love to reshare you. And you can also DM us there with any uh, topic ideas or just thoughts and you can also post in the public face or the private facebook group um if you go to the bestlifepodcast.com our website there's a link to join the group and you can post your thoughts there so we can all chime in and you can also post anonymously in the group too which is great because we have had yes. some people that want to post anonymously i know some of these topics can feel really scary to talk about feel really vulnerable to talk about sometimes people pop in there and they share stuff they've never shared with anyone before so if you want to uh please know that that is a safe space non-judgmental space and if you want to post anonymously you can as well and we can uh we can definitely riff on some of the stuff so that's all we got for you guys. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. All right. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.